if you are not comfortable with what you see in the mirror, you're always going to lose. Once you understand yourself, it makes life so much easier because you don't adapt to the world. You let the world adapt to you. Welcome to Fit Food Junkies, addicted to health. My name is Emily E, and I'm a certified group fitness instructor and personal trainer. We will not only talk about fitness, nutrition, and business, but also explore how to build a strong mindset, have ultimate motivation, and how to reach your breakthrough in life. Let's start on our health and fitness journey together. On today's episode, I interview Matt Choi, who says the only limits we have are the ones we believe in. Matt is not only a great friend of mine here in Austin, but he inspires me so much in life. Matt is an ultra endurance runner. He ran 100 miles, a former NCAA Division I student athlete and founder of Athletes Marathon, a performance development service for athletes. We discussed today how important it is to surround yourself with the best people, creative strategy, and building your business through all forms of social media and outside. Getting into something new like running. Matt actually is only a couple years into his running journey, which is crazy. How to give off the best energy, how to get outside of your comfort zone to find the real you and break through, and so much more. Lace up your running shoes and get ready for our journey today with Matt Choi. We are in Austin, Texas right now. And as many podcast interviews as I have done, this is my first live interview. So I'm glad I can be part of your first live interview. These ones are always fun. There's something about, you know how it is with humans, like the connection that you have when you're in person. Obviously, when you're on Zoom, it can still happen. But like this is it's, it's definitely special when you can do it in person. I agree. We were just talking about energy a couple of minutes ago, and I think it's so important to surround yourself with people with good energy. And the coolest thing is when I met you, not saying followers are a focus, but just in terms of like growing and scaling your business, you started out with around 10,000 followers. And now how many Instagram followers are you at? I think I'm like close to 80, like 78, I think, 70,000. And, and then TikTok? 315. Yeah. So yeah. it's crazy how much you've grown in how many months? I mean, I've been in Austin for about five months. And so like, in five yeah, months, yeah, that about. growth. It's, <laughs> it's crazy, but the funny thing is nothing's gone to your head. You just have such great energy, and you always are just a 10 with the way you make people feel and how humble you are, and it's just a very special quality you have. I, no, I seriously, I appreciate that. It's definitely something that, uh, I've, one, I want to instill in myself moving forward forever, and something that hopefully if someone sees or watches my content can almost emulate because I feel like it's so easy nowadays. Like if you get even a little bit of success in life that, you know, thinking that you're 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 too good to treat the janitor like you would the CEO. Like that quote when when someone told me that, like treat the janitor how you would see the CEO, that shit like really stood with me a lot. And I feel like that's something that I really wanna that's one of my values that I wanna live by for sure. I love that quote yeah. so much. So how did you transfer from playing D1 football to being having this obsession in running. Yes. I mean, obviously, when you play football, like, you know, endurance athletics or endurance activities just kind of aren't on the radar. Um, I think for me, there was that feeling of like, what am I doing since I'm done playing sport? Like kind of what's my next thing? Like what's my next challenge or something that I can pursue that's out of my comfort zone and that's kind of where it all started with running and at the time I was in the personal training space and I was figuring out my content strategy but when COVID hit 
the world shut down in the East Coast and gyms were not available. You know, people were not even going outside really. So it was one of those things where I felt like running was something that I only needed shoes and I only needed a good attitude. And with those two things, like you are able to cover a lot of ground and you can see amazing things in this world just on your feet. And I kind of obviously took this thing that was a weakness of mine and almost turned it into an obsession to almost prove to myself that like, you know, as humans, we have the ability to change. I think a lot of times, especially as athletes or, you know, as, as people, we put ourselves or society puts us into boxes like, hey, you're a football player. You know, you're just a podcaster. You're just this. And I think I wanted to prove to myself that like, you know, as humans, we can have we have the choice and the power to be whatever we want. And it's not until you make that initial decision in your own head that you want that in your life. But once you make that decision, it's very clear that you put the work in, you do the right things and you can achieve extraordinary things. And I think that there's power in that. And hopefully someone listened to it. Like, you know, if you don't think that you can run or if you don't think that, you know, you're big in fitness or whatever, like you can make that change starting today. And that's the coolest thing is you really had this insane transformation about you because when I first met you, he casually goes, I ran a hundred miles. I'm like, when did you start running thinking it was going to be when, since you were a kid and you're like, about two years ago, how did you make that transformation? Yeah. So, I mean, this is always like one of those, like, oh, like you don't just go run a hundred miles without doing a little bit of preparation and, and oh, really? obviously I, I, doing some <laughs> research and like doing some studying on like, you know, how people have built up their aerobic base and all these things. And, you know, for a long time when I was a kid and like, I hated school, I cheated on everything. Like when I told my mom that I cheated on a lot of college, a lot of high school, like she wasn't the most thrilled, especially as immigrant parents as like, especially as an Asian parent, like school being kind of like, the, the North Star in a sense. Like that's kind of how you prove that, you know, you are being a good kid and that you're doing the right things. Um, so for me, I started to realize that I got addicted to learning once it was around things I really enjoyed and cared about. Or when it was things that were really out of my comfort that I wanted to master. Even after I was, you know, when COVID hit and I started to just start with like one mile, I just started doing research. And I looked at guys like David Goggins, like Nick Bear, like Courtney DeWalter. And I'm looking at like Courtney DeWalter, she was a former school teacher that is one of the savages, like the savage ultra runner as a female that's out there. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, one, she just seems like such a regular person. And like, how did she just make this complete pivot and do these extraordinary things? Because if you look at David Goggins, someone's going to be like, oh, but he's a former Navy SEAL. He, he's, a, he's a ranger. But people don't know that he was 300 pounds two times in his life. So I just started looking and hearing stories of people that, you know, have done these things. And I asked myself, I'm like, what really makes them different? And there really wasn't anything that was extraordinary about them besides their discipline, their work ethic, and their accountability to their self. And that, I think, carries over into so many aspects of your life where, you know, if you do all of those things in your relationships, if you do that in your business, if you do that with your family, if you do that in your social life, like, you will live a very fulfilled life in many aspects other than just running. Sometimes content is an amazing thing, but... As people, we show people what we want them to see. And at times, it's only the good things. It's like getting married. It's having your first kid. It's being in a relationship. It's, it's, it's winning that job or whatever it is. And I kind of just wanted to show the journey of like, hey, I don't know all the things. I'm not an elite runner. Like I, fi I find myself as like I'm in the running community, but I'm not the best. I just have shown my journey and like the things I've done to get to where I am. And I think people just like seeing others go through the process of it, not necessarily like, getting a sub three hour marathon. I think that journey 
has been amazing. And obviously the people that I've learned from, I think whether it's through podcasts or reading or, or whatever it might be, or conversations just like this, like I truly do enjoy learning from people that have either done extraordinary things or people that just have interesting stories. Oh my God. That's wow. That is so cool. You talk about these amazing athletes that inspire you and instill such motivation within themselves. And they, you were saying that there's a lot of commonality of what they do every day. What are things that you took from each of those athletes that you instill in your life every single day? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a laundry list. Um, I guess I'll kind of even break it down. Like from how I start my mornings, like, you know, Wim Hof is, is someone who is basically called the Iceman, and he's, big about cold exposure and meditation and deep breathing and how basically breath work can help control the central nervous system. So every morning, like in all of 2021, I practiced the Wim Hof method every day in the morning where I would start my morning before I touch my phone, before I get on any social media, before I brush my teeth. Like the first thing I do is lie on the floor and I do three rounds of Wim Hof. And I just almost set the intention for my day that like, this is how I'm going to start the foundation of my day before I get all the distractions of the world and social media and all these things, which, you know, can trigger so much cortisol in our brain. Like I just wanted to set the intention to make, make sure that Matt spends 10 minutes for himself. So that was one thing I got from Wim Hof. Um, so his method is just taking time with yourself without your phone. Well, his method is a multiple things. It's, it's, it's the cold there. It's the cold therapy, right? So just cold exposure. Um, it could start with cold showers or, you know, using an ice bath or, or things of that sort. Um, and it's a combination of cold exposure and then breath work. So he does like this, his breathing method is basically 30 deep inhales and then full exhales of carbon dioxide and doing that for like 30 to 40 breaths and then holding your breath for as long as you can until you feel like you can't breathe anymore. So like that is just like, it's, a, it's if, you, if you guys don't know Wim Hof, definitely check out his book. It's called The Wim Hof Method. It's very, very educational and it just almost breaks it down into a science of like, hey, like this is something that is repeatable by everyone on earth and you can do it, you know? Um, but I just found that I wanted to follow someone's meditation practice, right? Because mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. as humans, like we get distracted in the world so much and there's not many times in the day where you're getting, you're getting pulled in so many directions. But like how many times do people actually spend time for themselves? And like starting it in the morning where you can get just get that foundational start to the day, I just found was super important and it just helps me keep me grounded. At this point, no different than running or no different than posting content. It's just something that's part of my routine that it's not, it's, it's just, it's what I do now. At first, it's just, you know, you have to implement five minutes of this, but over time that five minutes just becomes, hey, that's just five minutes of my 24 hours that I'm doing that. Sometimes I feel like when people go on trips, they think, oh, my normal routine is out the window. I don't need to actually incorporate this. You kind of get outside of what you normally yeah. do. So I think it's really cool that you're able to keep that up while you're away. It definitely, and look, there's always, to your point, sometimes you miss it. And so, you know, like I try right. my best to, to not, but like, you know, we're all human and yeah. that's okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you miss it, if you're on vacation, you want to avoid it, then don't do it. Like, that's totally cool too. Like, I'm not saying what my method or how I do things is the right or wrong way. It's just how I approach my life, you know? But um, everyone has their own opinion and, and, and they, are, they have their own subjective opinion on what they can do for them. I need to read that book, first of all. Second of all, you need to write a book. It'll happen soon. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so big about patience and, and it's something yeah. that I really got from Gary Vee. When you ask me, like, you know, how, do you, how does your family think about like, you know, all the growth and things that, that have happened to you? Um, you know, they, they're all super proud of like, what I've achieved. But like, even I told them, I'm like, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I feel like the opportunities and the things I really want to do in this world are going to happen. I just, 
it's going to happen on God's time when it's right. And like, I don't like, do I think I could have, I have confidence right now to speak, but I don't think that I'm in that season yet. Like, I think maybe it'll happen at 35 or 40 when the time is right. Um, but all I can do right now is just, you know, put my best foot forward and like a book M. the thought of me writing a book after never reading a book before I was 23 years old. It's so funny how sometimes the things that you hate as a kid can then become like almost what you turn into a business. And that thought more recently, and I'll give you this quick story. I haven't really put this out publicly, but about five months ago when I was in Austin, someone, a publication reached out to me to write a book called ultra running for beginners. And they did a little research about how I did a 50 K a 50 miler and then a hundred miler. And the premise was, you know, you're not an expert, but you've tackled these projects. You've tackled these races. And they felt like I had enough knowledge internally to basically depict the same message into a book. And the book was already like, Basically, the pages was already written out. I just had to follow the format of each chapter, breaking down like what shoes I wore, how much training I did, what nutrition I used, like basically giving my subjective opinion on it. I ended up not getting that role because there was five other runners that they, they basically were doing um, this, this challenge with. And I, my writing was not the best because I'm not the best writer. And I just, I'm very self-aware of that. And even in that moment when I didn't get it, like that's a micro L that like maybe would lose someone's confidence, be like, oh, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. But I know I'm not like, I'm not the best writer right now, but that's okay. Like if you're not the best at something right now, or if you're, if you're, if you have a goal that you don't hit, like that's okay. Like life is about failure and life is about learning. And as long as you take that little micro L and reframe it in your brain, like I'm going to learn from this opportunity so that when the next one presents itself, that you're going to just take full advantage. What are three other things that you implement in your life every single day from those athletes that you look up to? Yeah, I think, um, one is doing things that are uncomfortable. I learned that just from like David Goggins and a bunch of people. Um, cold showers are uncomfortable, but I do that every day because it makes me understand that like, hey, you know, in life you are going to get thrown discomfort. And the more and more that we're able to tolerate stress, like people don't understand this about the brain. Like we process stress the same exact way, whether it's relational stress, whether it's financial stress, whether it's business stress, whether it's physical fitness stress or exposure to cold or heat or that's why saunas and cold plunging is very important um the more and more that we are able to tolerate those stresses in life it makes handling the real real big stress of life much easier when people die in your family when you lose a job when you go bankrupt if you are able to deal with the little stresses of cardio of working out of cold exposure of the sauna it becomes much easier to handle these big stresses doing things that are uncomfortable that's one thing um, something else is just learning. It could be listening to a podcast like this. It could be reading a book or listening to someone that you look up to that you feel as if is doing something really dope that, you know, that you want to do. So I think like those things, like whether it's getting uncomfortable, learning, and then obviously like the, the Wim Hof thing, like that's something that's super practical. Um, and I think, yeah, just moving your body in some form or fashion, like I sometimes have to take a step back because obviously I run and I do a lot of miles and like that can be, it's not sustainable for a lot of people. So even if you just walk, like your lunch break, instead of sitting at lunch, just go for a walk. And that's 20, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. And I think doing those small things lead into the big results. And that's where everyone wants five steps to this, five steps to growing your butt, five steps to getting abs, five steps to growing your content. Like the, the actual answer is very basic. It's consistency and adding as much value as you can to your community or in the fitness space. It's just being accountable to yourself and like showing up 
showing up is half the battle. And like, I think a lot of people, they want the secret sauce and it's because like we have social media and instant gratification is such a thing where like everyone just wants the results in 30 days. Everyone wants the results in 60 days and like nothing worth, nothing in life that's worth fighting for comes easy. And the same thing applies in, in all aspects of what you're doing. And I'm just a firm believer that like, you know, people lack patience and the more and more that you can apply that in your life, the actual results that people say they want, they will start to get them. In terms of fitness and other ways in life, it's so important. And then you also touched upon getting uncomfortable, which is something that I am so passionate and obsessed with. And I talk about it when I coach and when I teach my classes, especially in cycling and weightlifting hit classes. Because if you don't get uncomfortable, you're not growing, you're not breaking through and you're not able to really transform your mindset. And I, you even said it translates into life. When you go through hard shit, like that part in fitness is going to translate into life. The other day, someone broke into my car mm -hmm. because I've been able to train my mindset so much in fitness. Mm -hmm. And like, I've been through hard things in my life and dealt with so many things that the first thing I was like, I shifted to perspective. It really is like the same part of thing about getting uncomfortable or putting yourself through hard things in life. Like that really will translate to going through difficult situations in life, whatever it may be. And you're really training yourself for life. 100%. And it's... Obviously, it sucks in the grand scheme of things. Like, who, like, no one wants that to happen to them. But, like, even, like, your ability to process that in that form or fashion, like, it just shows your maturity of, like, yeah, like, like you know, life could be way worse. Like, imagine you guys were in the car or someone did get hurt, right? Like, I think a lot of times it's easy to look like you're, like, it's easy in those moments to be the victim. It's yeah. harder to take that responsibility of, like, you know what? Like, let me just be grateful that, you know, that person clearly is in a bad spot if they feel like they really need to break into this car. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And having that, like, perspective of, like, you know what? Like, things are, I'm still healthy. It's easy sometimes when bad things happen to you to get into a deep hole, mm -hmm. to get into a dark place. And every time I see you, you're so energetic. You're the happiest person ever. And I feel like I am like that a lot of times when I coach and I teach, you know, you got to be this person always on a high. But when you get in those lows, sometimes it's behind the scenes and people don't see it. Mm -hmm. When you get into those lows, how do you get out of them? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And to Em's point, like as positive and, and as good energy as, as, as both of us have, there are those moments. Um, I think, you know, the first place where I go to is like, you know, my personal health and then the people that I love. And like, if those people are doing well, then like, then I just, you know, if it's a financial thing or if it's like a relationally thing, or if it's a business thing, like I just put those things into perspective of like, you know, what really matters? Like if I lost my business, if I lost all the money in the world, if I lost all my friends, like would I still have family? Like would I still have my personal health to still come back? Like, like I told you about those micro L's, there's always L's happening in our lives, but we have the choice to let that define us or to let that, let us grow from those opportunities. Losing out on a deal, losing a client, losing a job, like these are small things that happen in everyone's life. Is it ideal? Not at all. Like who wants that? Like who wants to go through a breakup? No one. But like those are just opportunities to learn. And even though like you are down and out, I think having people in a support system that you can lean on, like those are important things that you can do because, you know, no matter how strong mentally someone is, there's always opportunities where you feel lonely. And like even in a new city, there's times where I'm like, damn. Like, I wish, like, I had a, a, a bigger group of friends, X, Y, and Z. Like, there's always those moments where you're, like, you feel like you're alone in this world. But I think when you realize that, well, I guess for me, 
not needing validation from anyone has definitely helped. And I told you even before the pod, like not needing the validation of like, Matt, you're doing such a great job. In addition to the hate that you get at times from people that either know you personally or that just have the keyboard warriors of the world that just type their way on social media, right? So I think just keeping myself grounded and it's why I love wearing, I'm not wearing them right now, but the Lokai bracelets. Um, I just love like what it represents, right? It's like it's water from Antarctica, which is the highest point of Earth, and then awesome. it's yeah. yeah, it's mud from the Red Sea, which is the lowest point of Earth. And the whole point of the band itself is not that they just do great charity work, but it's to it's that message of like staying even keel. And to your point, like there's highs and lows in life and, and, and in everyday life and in every in every day. And just the opportunity and the mindset of like, you know what, I'm not gonna let the highs get me too high and I'm not gonna let the lows get me too low. Like just staying as grounded as you can, I think, you know, those are things that help me. I guess something that's more tactical, it's like, I guess my routine. Like my routine is something that I can always lean on where it's like, damn, even when I'm down and out, it's like I just have things that like, I just have, have become habits for me. Honestly, even looking at the things that, being grateful for what you already have is a great practice. Yeah. And I think that's for someone that if you're really that down and out, look around at what you have because there's billions of people that don't have clean drinking water. So if you have water, you're already doing way better than billions of people. So it's like when you really measure that, it's like, can I be that upset when I lose a job? Or can I be that upset when I lose out on a brand deal or I lose a client? Like, I just, you just can't. I mean, I personally, I just, I don't allow that to like disrupt my own framework. When I was in Colombia a couple of weeks ago, I was in Medellin. We went to one of the poorest areas there. And we met this guy. We started talking to him. I speak Spanish fluently. I'm speaking Spanish to him. He goes, that's my house. He points. And it looked like nothing. Mm -hmm. I was like, for a second, I thought he was kidding because it didn't even look like a house. It was like a shack. It looked like nothing was there. And he was so proud. He was the happiest person I've ever met in my life. I've never seen someone with that perspective. He's gone through guerrilla warfare. He's gone through almost being shot down, protecting his sisters behind a mattress, his whole community almost being bombed, which they were, but he survived. And things like that, I think it's really important to just pay attention to people that have that perspective or people that inspire you because when life gets hard, those are like the kind of people or things you think of that kind of set it all back into place for you. I couldn't agree more. I think traveling um, is like one of the best ways to gain perspective. Yeah. Because instantly you realize that there's so many people that are less fortunate. In, yeah. in Western culture, in the, in the United States, like we are privileged. Like we have yeah. so much. Yeah. We have abundant of resources here. The reason I feel like a lot of people in America don't have perspective is because they don't travel outside the country. If you only stay in the States, if you only stay up, if you only stay in Maryland or where you grew up, like that's all you know. So it's like if you don't ever expand that knowledge, it's no different than learning or no different than yeah. stepping out of your comfort zone you will never understand someone else's shoes because you've never sat in them. Right. So it's like when you look at people from Kenya, why are they so good at track? Why are they so good at running? These, from kids, they have to walk four to five miles to school. In America, you, unless you live one mile, you have to walk. If you live 1.2 miles, you get a bus system. So instantly, these people are building up the base of their running, base of their cardiovascular by just walking. And that's something that they just, it's not even something that's like a burden for them. It's just a prerequisite. They have to walk four miles to school and then four miles back. That's eight miles. Most people in America don't get that in a week. To your point, leaving the country is by far one of the best ways to gain perspective. What's the next place you want to go to? 
I want to really go back to Korea. Okay. I want to go to Asia. Event. Yeah, I really want to go. Like, I haven't been back since I was literally, it's been 20 years. Yeah. I think I was at, I was seven years old but when I was in Korea. You were born in the States, right? I was born in New Jersey, but both my mom and my dad were, are from Korea. Um, they're from Seoul. And I just haven't been back. And like, you know, a lot of Asia people don't know, like they've invested so much in their infrastructure that like they're just so much more developed in certain ways that we are not in the States. The way that their, their society is built, they've invested back into the country. And when you go to those places, they're so much more technologically advanced. There's so much like there's an emphasis on climate change and, and being clean um, and just kind of being having like clean energy. So I think next year, like I think having like an Asia tour would be something that I would really, really look forward to. It sounds like you've not only had so much perspective in life and your parents have inspired you in so many ways and you've been through so much. What inspired you to run 100 miles? Honestly, it wasn't really like a, it, you know, I, I, can, I guess I can say like, you know, hearing the stories of other people doing it. But that's not really what inspired me. Mm. Like, I'm just the type of person that I read things, I learn things, I hear things. But I don't want to just be a headline reader. Like, I don't want to just listen to a podcast and, and have someone that's doing awesome things tell me what they did. I just want to go experience it myself. And that's kind of why I even wanted to attempt a 100-mile race. Most people don't want to fail in life, so they don't try things. So for me, I saw and I heard people that were like, yo, these, these guys were not extraordinary. These females were not extraordinary, but how did they do it? Well, one, you have to stay diligent and stay consistent with your practice and, and running in this sense. And over time... The mind and body will, can and will go further. It's just a matter of how much will and grit and discipline that you have to stick to it. I want to learn as much as I can from people and their experiences, but then I want to put it into practice for myself. I'm so much about being in the present and working for the future. And I think that second ladder is like live in the present first before you start to imagine your future. Because I think sometimes even as young people that have ambition, we look at our goals. We look at the things that we're trying to achieve and we don't appreciate the small things that are happening every day. And there's something positive and there's something good to achieve every single day, but sometimes people think that those things are just minute. They think that they're small, but they're not. Those small wins that happen every single day are what carry me over to then attempt a 100 miles or attempt this sub three hour marathon. And that's why I love the process of it. I also interviewed Robbie Ballinger uh, oh, yeah. a couple episodes ago. He's so awesome, ultra endurance athlete. And he said something about finding your why. What would you say your why is? Like, why, what do you love about running? What is your why? Maybe it's not just 100 miles, but waking up every day and having this motivation in life to physically run so much, but also impact people along the way. I think it's a great question. I love Robbie's stuff too, by the way. Um, I think for me, Em, it's about learning about what Matt can do, like about what I can, like what my full potential is. As humans, we can reach limitless potential as long as we internally believe that. So I want to continue to push that narrative and whether it's, whether I stay in running or not, like maybe running is this season of my life, whether whatever the next thing is, like I would approach it the same exact way. And I think for me, it's like, I want to make as much human impact as I can, almost by just sharing and, and documenting the journey that I'm going through. Like, I don't have all the answers to, you know, when people ask me like, oh my God, like, how do I get ready for a hundred mile or how do I run a sub to like, I don't have all the answers because I'm not an expert, but I think my why is like, I want to learn as much as I can about myself and through these challenges and through building a business and through, you know, running and through whatever it might be. Like, I feel like every day I'm learning something new 
because some days I don't feel so good. Some days I don't want to go do these things. But then I ask myself, I'm like, well, how do I stay so disciplined? It's like having that bigger goal or having that bigger why of like realizing that at the end of the day, like we are as limitless as we want. I've really worked on almost trying to master self. I think that's something that as every human, that should be your only goal. Like people look at money and they're like, I want to achieve money. Like I want to have X amount of dollars in my bank account. But then I'm like, all right, well, once you get that, like, will you be fully happy? And like most people will say probably not because at, at the end of the day, after you can buy all the things that you want in life, like if you are not comfortable with what you see in the mirror, you're always going to lose. So for me, it's like that. I think my why is like to fully understand who I am as a human, what makes me tick, what motivates me, what keeps me disciplined, what keeps me accountable, like that laundry list of things that almost like it's like a monk, like fully understanding self. I think that is the most important trait that anyone in this world can have because once you understand yourself, it makes life so much easier because you don't adapt to the world. You let the world adapt to you. Wow. I don't think people necessarily know how to do that. I think that's why a lot of people are in relationships that fail because they haven't learned to accept themselves as people. If someone doesn't know how to start or is in a process of trying to accept themselves, trying to master enjoying their own company, being with themselves, learning about themselves, just being one with themselves. How, how do you do that? Where do you even start? Well, I think you start with having an, a level of understanding and you know a level of humility to say that, that you are at that point of your life, that you are in that relationship just because it's the easy thing. Relationship and, with yourself. Yeah, 100%, right? So I think, one, having the humility that you lack the self-awareness of yourself, that is a great starting point. Because I could talk about tactics, I could talk about how meditation can help, I could talk about how fitness can help, but most people don't wanna get there yet because they don't actually wanna peel back the onion of why they still are the way they are. So I think the first initial step is, if you have that level of awareness, it's one, detaching from whatever is causing you that pain or causing you that stress or causing you that toxicity, like you need to detach it. And then from there, peeling back the onion more and more of like, how do I now implement good practices and good habits into my life so that I can better understand self is an important thing. And then you can go down the list of like, all right, well, movement, diet, mindset, you know, relationships. These are all critical components of a healthy understanding of who you are. Mm -hmm. So I think the first step is that initial awareness. Awareness within yourself and awareness in your environment. Think about also... You know, if I'm with someone and I kind of have a pit in my stomach and I don't feel good, it's like maybe I shouldn't hang out around that person. Maybe it's an environment. So also just paying attention to different stimuli, different things in your environment that make you feel good or make you feel bad and what to take out of your life. 100%. What is the 40, uh, 40% rule? I know you're obsessed by this phenomenon. The 40% rule is something that like, I mean, you know, Goggins talks about it and a lot of people talk about it, but it's at the point of where you feel like you've given your all mm. that you have more to give. Mm. And I'll give you a quick story during the 100 mile race. In that journey at mile 60 M, I had my knee flare up and I couldn't run anymore. It was hurting to jog. And at the point, me and my pacer, we were going down this eight mile trek and it was pretty much all downhill. And my quads were just getting torn up. And I think I just had IT band syndrome. So, you know, a lot of my glute was not firing correctly. So I had this pain going down my IT band and into my kneecap. At mile 63, it was the checkpoint. And I almost felt like, damn, like the thought of 
37 more miles after you've just done 63, which at that point was a personal best for me, um, was daunting. Like it's hard for the mind to process like 37 more miles. That's a full marathon and another, you know, almost a little bit more than a 10 K. So it was in that moment, I felt like I had given a lot of my effort. I had given my best foot forward and I, I was doing my best to just, you know, continue to move. Something happened though. When I got to mile 87, the pain started to go away. I, this, the feeling of not being able to run now, for some odd reason, I was able to run again. The last 13 miles, then, I started to really, really pick up my speed and I started to run the last half marathon. So the 40% rule basically is when you're at that point where you feel like, damn, like I'm at full exhaustion. I can't do another pull-up. I can't do another rep of that. I can't do another set of the squats. Like if you actually just, one, take enough time to rest and recover and let your mind just kind of calm down, you can quickly realize that you can do more. And I think it's about pushing that limit, right? And it's like that mental voice of like, you know, are you going to allow the inner voice control you or are you going to control it? And that's kind of what the 40% rule of like, you know, tapping into further and past what you think your quote unquote limit is. That's my favorite rule I've ever heard of. What would be your top tips to grow your social media? I think it's, it's very simple. It's one, find out what your passion is, like what you love to do. What would you want to do if money meant, if you had all the money in the world? What would you want to do? What would you want to talk about? That's the first step. Um, the second thing, no different than in fitness or in health and wellness, it's consistency. Like you got to consistently put yourself out there. And that's hard to do because a lot of times, especially in the social world, it's so easy to hide behind the screen, but now you're putting yourself out there to get exposed in a good way or in a bad way. Um, then the next is going to be about value. It's like, how do you actually add value to whoever you're trying to serve? And I think that piece always gets misconstrued because a lot of times people are like, oh, but on TikTok, people just dance. So how are they adding value? Well, that value comes in the form of entertainment mm -hmm. because people want to scroll and they get happy when they see someone dance and they want to mimic that dance. So you can add value in a lot of ways. It could be through inspiration. It could be through education. It could be through um, entertainment. And I think, you know, if you can do one of them, you can start to see success. If you can do two, you can start to see success more quickly. And if you do all three in different ways, because you can get very creative, you can start to see some real success. Um, but I think it comes back to just like the basic principles of almost life. It's about consistency, discipline, and patience. And, and passion. You, and passion, no, for sure. And if you can mix those things together, at some point you will reach a breakthrough. And if you never reach that breakthrough, then maybe the question more is like, are you communicating to the world the best way that, is, that works for you? Because not everyone's comfortable in front of the camera. Right. right. So if you're not, then doing something like this where, you know, imagine these screens weren't recording anything and we're just talking. You and I, people have dope conversations every single day, but they don't even realize it. So I think it's about also something I'll add into that is figure out how you communicate, communicate to the world that's most comfortable for you. Whether it's video, audio, the written word. Um, some people are really good at writing. So I would say go blog and, 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 and put your thoughts on paper because that's how you communicate. So a mixture of those things, I think, are very you know, tried and true principles that anyone can implement and they will start to see some success. And success is all subjective because you and I have different definitions and so does the rest of the billions of people in this world. But I think that those principles definitely can help.
I think that's incredible. And it really just goes to show you it's not a one size fits all approach. It's individualized and got to do what what you're passionate about individually and what works for you and what's going to make you light up as you create content, as you grow your business, whatever it may be. You are so inspiring, but I love your hunger for life. I want to ask you my last and final question. At Fit Food Junkies, our motto is addicted to health. Hell so yeah. I know we've talked about so many of your obsessions and, and addictions, but what are you addicted to? Mm. You know, I, I think I said it already, but I'm addicted to learning. Like, honestly, for a long time I wasn't. And now I find myself, you know, learning every day learning how to meditate better, learning how to be a better friend, a better brother, a better, you know, sibling, whatever it might be, a better kid, like whatever it is, like um, when it, it could be in podcasting, it could be in learning a book, right? And I think there's so much room and there's so much knowledge out there. And with these devices and with the technology that we have, there's almost no excuse not to find things that you enjoy that can challenge you, that can help you um, pick up new skill sets. Um, so that is something, you know, people probably think, oh my God, he's going to probably say fitness or running. And it's not running. is just a vehicle to communicate my message and for me to, you know, serve people. But that's not all that I'm about. And it's not what I'm addicted to, but I'm addicted to the process of learning more about running and how I can learn more about myself through that process. Like, I think sometimes people will look at goals and they're like, oh my God, like, what are all the steps I need to get there? And sometimes you just got to look at the beauty of like the simplicity of the small things. And that's what I love. It's like just picking up like something so subtle that can carry over for, for decades to come. I can't even tell you how much I love that because most people would think it's going to be running. And Fire Rapid, favorite running shoes mm. and favorite supplement? Favorite running shoe right now, I have to say it's probably the Invincibles. The Nike Invincibles have been a really fun shoe for me to run in and, and specifically the second one because the first one kind of hurt my feet. Um, favorite supplement? Hmm. I got a shout out to Promix. I mean, I'm a big Promix guy. Um, I actually love just their protein, but I will say their flow state, which I took about two hours ago and I'm still feeling like I'm like, I'm flowing with you yeah. right now. I need to I'm take flowing some. with you. Um, <laughs> both of those, like their protein's unreal and I'm a big fan of the flow state. Um, and I'll give a shout out to Nick Bear cause I'm a big fan of their strong greens and reds too. I've recently been using and that supplement's super good. And I think just it covers a lot of the nutritional benefits. I have to check them both out. And how can people connect with you? Yes, you can connect with me on social media. I'm pretty much, you know, on all platforms, um, on TikTok, on Instagram, Matt Choi 6 And then if you find me on YouTube, it'll just be Matt Choi. Connect with him. See his journey every single day. And you are competing in the Seattle Marathon this weekend. Yes, it's, it's in Seattle. It's the Tunnel Vision Marathon. But yes, I'll be running that on Sunday. My goal is to, to hit sub three hours and hopefully qualify for Boston. I have no doubt. You're going to kill it. Thank you so much. You instilled such motivation and power and hunger in me. And I hope for everyone listening to just get out there and go and move and do all the things that make them wake up every day to look forward to the next day and all the drive in life. So thank you so much. I hope you guys got so much out of this episode today with Matt. Matt pushes me. He gives me all the best energy, inspires me, and I hope he did to you as well today. Surround yourself with the best energy. Challenge yourself. Do one thing this week that's going to get you outside of your comfort zone. Maybe it's moving your body in a new way. Maybe it's getting in an extra mile, walking or running. It doesn't matter. Do something that's going to challenge you this week. And remember, the only limits we have are the ones we believe in. 
Connect with Matt on Instagram at mattchoy underscore six and on TikTok at mattchoy six. That's M-A-T-T-C-H-O-I. You definitely want to follow along his running journey. You will get so much out of it. Also connect with me at Fitfood Junkies and we'd love to know your biggest takeaways. Also, it would mean so much to our team to follow along with us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to subscribe, like, and leave a comment. Thank you guys so much for joining the Fit Food Junkies journey with me.